Good morning and good day to believers all over the world. You are listening to the voice of Daryl Bennett, and this is another episode of the Daryl Bennett Believers Podcast. Today, I want to talk about great endings and great beginnings. I want to talk about great endings and great beginnings. Come with me really quickly to a verse in the book of Isaiah, and I want to give it contextual and context, but then I want to bring it to where we are today. Uh, Isaiah chapter six, verse number one, in the year the king Uzziah died, all right, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I want to say that again. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. What are we talking about? We're talking about in death, there was life. King Uzziah ruled longer than any other king of Judah. This was a momentous, I'm going somewhere. This was a momentous time for not just uh, uh, Isaiah who wrote this, who happened to be kin to the king, for he himself was in the royal family, but but of the priestly line. But if this was a, a, a cultural shift. King Isaiah ascended to the throne at 16 years old. He had ruled for 52 years. 50 years was a long time then. It's a long time now. It was longer than any other who had come before him had ruled and any other who would come after him who would rule. 52 years. And really what Isaiah was saying is, where does a nation go now? Where does a world go? when so many for so long had only seen one way. King Uzziah did not just represent King Uzziah in the royal family, as it were. He represented an age, an epoch, an era that had passed and had shifted. And the writer, Isaiah, is mourning the passing of a loved one, the passing of a beloved monarch, but he is also mourning the passing of an era. And what does this mean now for the people of God as they move into a new season? Now I bring you to September the 10th, 2022. Of course, I'm gonna talk about the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, a star having fallen out of the heavens. I don't want to talk about it from the perspective of, 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 of just of personalities. I never knew Queen Elizabeth. We, you know, we, we thank God for every person's life. But this is bigger than just Queen Elizabeth. That's why I gave you the context of King Uzziah. Queen Elizabeth is a King Uzziah. For she represents an era and an epoch. She represents a way of thinking. She represents a link to a world which we are still betwixt and between. And now we are grappling with where do we go? See, everything is on a spiritual level. You know that, y'all. The days of mourning. Why do you think we feel this over here? I think it's beyond just the fact that, oh, people are looking to uh, British affairs. We feel it because it is also indicative of where the world is. The transition of Queen Elizabeth into a new uh, uh, realm 
is also symbolic of our world transitioning. For there are some people that are that powerful. Raise your vibration. I'm not just talking about humanly powerful. I'm talking about they're powerful in such a plane that they're passing. And when I'm talking about passing, passing into whatever it is, whether it's a new era of their life, a new business, a new marriage, a new child, their passings and transitions in life affect other people. For some people, who they marry affects others. Who they have, how they have children affects others. This is why I was always fascinated by history as a young child. I was the kid, I really wasn't a cartoon watcher. I mean, I guess a few little cartoons here and there. I read encyclopedias for fun. I used to line up the encyclopedias and I'd line up, I'd have the G's. That's where I started, the Georges, because that was the first king that I knew about. The George that went mad, the George that was doing all those crazy things in England, I think around the time we fought for our independence. I was reading about him when I was like seven years old. And then I would line up literally the encyclopedias. I had the G and I had the E and then I had the C's and I would know who George's son was and how Charles, the Charleses came in and, 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 the, and the Edwards. I was fascinated, not so much about the people and the personalities, though at that age I couldn't put words to it. I was fascinated by the fact Listen to me, y'all. I was fascinated by the fact that there are people, there are people whose personal lives drive great decisions in the world. That's what made me, that was what was interesting to me. The fact that we're reading about them at all getting married. The fact that their marriages or their divorces didn't just affect two or three or four or five people, but it could have affected the entire destiny of how the world went. Now, where am I going with all this? I'm saying all this to say, we obviously are at a pivotal place. This is not a coincidence. Look at all the upheaval that's happening in the world. This is the question, what's really happening? And I wanna encourage you, and I'm asking myself this, and I'm going deep within to, 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 to ascertain what is truly taking place. And as it takes place, how do we be sensitive to the shift? Because I can tell you something, there is a great ending and there is upon us a great beginning. And I'm not just saying that because of one event. I'm saying that because of a series and culmination of things that we have seen happen over the past 12 to 18 months that show us and teach us and instruct us that this entrance that we are going into is a new phase of the world. It's just new. Again, why I love history. When we went into World War I in 1914, can I just put on my history hat for a quick second? In 1914, most of the world was ruled by monarchies. I mean, from Germany and these empires, because they were, it wasn't just Germany. They had holdings in Africa. They had holdings in Asia. They had holdings in the Middle East. Uh, so these, these countries to, to uh, France at that point didn't have a monarch, but you know, of course Britain did. Uh, uh, even Middle Eastern countries, a lot of people don't know this, you know, that there was a king over in uh, uh, Iran or Shah, you know, or a king before there was a Shah, but they were, they were pretty much monarchs everywhere. 
there was a ruler in China, an emperor. And literally World War One, the span of 1914 to 1918, really changed the world such that four years later, most of what the world looked like before wasn't what it looked like after. And it took me a while of really studying history to realize the real fight in World War One was really never about Germany versus, what did they say? Germany versus, uh, 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 like America and the Axis, uh, triple entente versus the rest of the world. No, 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 no. It was really about old world systems versus new. That was the real fight. When you really raise your vibration, it was really a fight for these royal families that were all really connected under Queen Victoria anyway. They were all under the same house. It was really no such thing as nationality to them because at the top, at the top one percenters, these royal families were ruling everything and holdings in all, that's what empires were. We have, we don't really see empires now anymore. That's why the now they keep saying, what a commonwealth, empires where they ruled, ruled. And, and nobody was, you know, the, 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 let me not get off course, but the point is the real fight in World War One was a fight of old versus new. These old monarchical patriarchal systems that really then got shifted to governments. I'm going somewhere. That's all that happened. So the, the world that we look at now, like the kings and queens, is like, that's like so long ago. All right. That was then. And then it moved to these governments and these central governments pretty much taking the same positions. So now instead of a king, you have a prime minister or president or uh, uh, or a premier. But he pretty much is or she's doing the same exact thing. And now you are electing them. But are you really right? So we've seen that over the past hundred or so years. And I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is now, as we see ourselves 110 or so years later, or right at that cusp of really like 100 years after the end of World War One, which would have been 1918, 2018, we're now seeing the world kind of go through another shift. And what I'm trying to say is, and I know it's taking me a little longer than what it should, the point I'm trying to make here is, if you're following me, is that the world we're going to see in the next four to five years is going to look completely different than this world that we've seen two to three years before. It just is. Just like what what when they came out of World War One, I'm not talking World War Two, World War One, the world just looked completely different. There was there were no Kaisers, that was still meant Caesar and and Shahs and rulers here. No, there was one monarch pretty much, and that was the British crown. And they got real quiet. They got quiet as church mice because they didn't know what was going to happen. Because all over the world there was revolts against, wait a minute, this don't make sense. This don't make sense. And I think now this is what we're saying about many of, of much of what's going on now with the government. This don't make sense. This don't make sense. As a people, people are questioning, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know you said this was what it was supposed to be, but this is what it really has turned out to be. And I'm not sure we're on board with this. And so the fight, that's why I want you to understand, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It took me a second to get here. We're wrestling against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness of this world. This is, this, is, this is deeper than that. This isn't right now against Ukraine, you know, and Russia. And no, 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 no. What's being set up, what's being set up is really a fight against a new world order. What's really happening is there are countries, there are smaller regional powers, I'm showing you what's happening, that are looking and saying, why are we 
pretty much looking to certain countries as being empires. That doesn't make sense. We can form our own associations in places and we can be just as powerful as they. They mean in the Americas of the world and that's what's happening. So the European Union was a piece and a peek into the new world. I'm trying to show you what's going on, y'all. I remember when we first went to Germany, I was uh, 14 years old. This was right at the cusp of like 2000 or, you know, in the early 2000s. And we, it was the early 2000s actually. We went over there and they were changing from, in Germany from the Deutschmark over to the, um, uh, what's the, what's the uh, what do they call it now? The, the Euro, excuse me, which is not a German specific currency. It's the entire European Union. And that was the beginning of kind of seeing them mimicking what we do in America, this loose confederation of states that come together pretty much just to run their own monetary policy. That was a peak, y'all. And then the African Union was formed on a much lower level, a lot more low key, but they started having conversations around that. That's why you need to look into the whole thing around Gaddafi and why they had to get rid of him quickly because Gaddafi started having talks about, okay, wait a minute, why don't we as Africa just come together in a union and we can do better for ourselves than individually working with Western powers? See, it was it was a peak in this heat was but that, yeah. And and then OPEC, maybe about two years ago, but this was during the pandemic, came out and said, we don't think we should all have to buy everything off the off of the dollar. For those of you that are listening, you should know, I mean, the dollar is still the world's reserve currency, which means what? When countries buy things, believe it or not, they buy it in dollars because it has to be one standard. So if Saudi Arabia buys wheat from the Ukraine and Ukraine buys uh, uh, um, uh, oil from Saudi Arabia, they're not buying it in whatever their national currencies are. If they use their national currencies to buy dollars, and then they take those dollars and they make that trade. That's how everybody. That's how the dollar stays what the dollar is. So whereas everybody else can print money too, uh, their money loses value much quicker because they still have to go and buy dollars. We print money differently as America, and inflation, though it affects America, but it really affects the world in a different way. But we're at a different standard because people still have to buy American dollars. But anyway, I'm just trying to give you a peek into what's happening. And so more and more countries and organizations were saying, let's get together. Let's get together because that's the only way this is going to happen. And then just recently, just recently, there was the Summit of the Americas right here in, uh, uh, I think it was in Los Angeles. And Biden came out and said that he didn't want Cuba coming and he didn't want, uh, it was one other country, if I remember right, I think it was Venezuela because they didn't, you know, they weren't doing pretty much what they were supposed to do. And so first Bolivia came out and then Mexico came out and then Peru came out and then Argentina came out and said, if they not um, those two, talking about you gonna disinvite those two, we're not coming either. They never had that happen before. So then they, you know, Biden had to send his team to kind of scramble and try to pull together this conference that, you know, used to just be America's, some of the Americas, we were America and we said who was coming and who wasn't. And now this was the first year ever since its inception that many of the countries just didn't show up because we had disinvited some. 
the point I'm trying to make is more and more what we are seeing is what's really happening is the fight against the new world. I want you to keep your eye open for it. I don't want you to just look at what they're talking about with the Ukraine. I don't want us to just get focused on what they're talking about with what because the, remember, let's raise our vibration here. It's something else that's taking place. And what's really happening is it's a challenge to authority here. How did I get from Queen Elizabeth to the to the challenge on authority here? I'm saying all of this to make this point and then I'm leaving. I'm saying all of this to make the point. There are great endings and great beginnings. You need to know that. You need to understand. And all you're getting, get understanding. Do not think that the world will not be touched in every way Every system has already been touched by a pandemic. It has already been touched by all of these other social changes that we've seen in the past two to three years. Look at everything from social justice to the way that now there's this fight around identity, 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 in a way that we wouldn't have even thought was possible five years ago. We're taking it really seriously now. People are losing their jobs because they didn't get on the program quick enough to learn how to go with the company line. So, the point I'm trying to make is it's a lot of shifts happening very quickly, and I want to encourage people to lean into the shift. Now, as I get off, what does that mean? What do I mean? Lean into the shift. Lean into the fact that there is a new day and a new moment. I do just want to say this about Queen Elizabeth. I think it is amazing to see the life of someone who spent that much time committed to an ideal. Whatever the ideal is, I don't want to get into that here. That's not, not this episode. But I just want to say, I think it is amazing. And that's what I take from her life. I think everybody's life is sacred. Everybody's life. All of us who touch this earth, all, they say something like 99 billion people touch this earth at some point or another. Every soul is handcrafted by God. Think about that, to do something amazing. And there is no greater small life in the eyes of God. I truly believe that. And I don't think that we can really do great or small things. We do things with great love. Therein comes great impact. So for me, what I take away from her life is duty commitment and service to something beyond yourself. More on that later. Much love to you. Thank you. And until next time, take care of yourself.